Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... We help that traditional side of the sector, landfills and transfer stations and recycling facilities, to stop focusing on the admin stuff. We take care of that. And they can go and focus on the really incredible avenues for what can we do better with soft plastics? How can we use materials for other purposes? How can we develop circular economy principles? Those sorts of things. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 440 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah. I'm passionate about contributing to positive, heart and soul-led initiatives that are creating real change locally and globally. Today, we're speaking with Lacey Webb. Lacey is the founder and CEO of Resource Hub. She has 20 years experience in waste and recovery. And as a CPA and former industry CFO, is dedicated to leading her team to deliver targeted solutions across the waste and resource recovery sector. Lacey is currently the Vice President of the Waste Management and Resource Recovery Association of Australia. She's also Australia's foremost authority on waste levy regulations and a leader in redefining and implementing data and process standards across an entire industry. With a team that's fully flexible and largely female, she's an advocate for women in the industry. She was crowned Australia's 2022 Women in Industry Business Development Leader of the Year and is a keen collector of bright red shoes. On today's podcast, we will discuss how Lacey is using her knowledge in waste management and resource recovery to provide effective solutions, as well as the systemic challenges and the positive changes that are happening in the space of reducing waste and maximising circular economy and waste solutions. Lacey, fabulous to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Very exciting to hear what you're up to. To start off, can you just share a little bit about your background and what led to where you are today? Uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm an accountant. <laughs> I have a, a wonderful yet slightly boring accounting degree and was a CFO of a waste group and thought after 10 years, I need a change. And a few jobs later, realised that I really actually liked the waste and resource recovery sector. I just didn't want to be an accountant anymore, but I still loved improving process. So I did what many people did around the time of COVID. I registered an ABN, created a business and couldn't afford any full-time employees. So went to the people I knew in industry and started hiring a bunch of return to work mums to come and help me fix all of the administrative challenges of the waste and resource recovery industry. Wow. And that is a can of worms. And I suppose for a lot of people that don't work in that space, they might may not know some of the broader challenges, but also some of the really innovative things that are happening there. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, look, I think it, it's funny. I talk to people about what I do and they go, okay, so you've got a waste company, you collect rubbish bins or you rummage. Um, 
What I suppose is really interesting is in a sector like waste and resource recovery, we see our bins being picked up and we see you know news about waste that goes into landfills, but there's an awful lot of compliance and regulation and administration that goes into that sector. And like in a lot of industries, it doesn't sometimes get the love that it deserves, but it has really large dollar impacts if it doesn't. We look at some specific areas, mainly waste levies, and they're often the second largest cost to a local government, which means behind payroll, if your largest cost is the cost of putting stuff in a landfill, it's really important that you've got the right people actually paying attention to that and making sure you don't pay too much because you want that money to do more meaningful stuff. You want it to give you better bin programs and give you more recycling options and help educate the kids and the community. So that's a sector that we fit into. We don't run facilities. We sadly don't do any of the amazing innovative work that's coming in creating new products, but we help that traditional side of the sector, landfills and transfer stations and recycling facilities, to stop focusing on the admin stuff. We take care of that. And they can go and focus on the really incredible avenues for what can we do better with soft plastics? How can we use materials for other purposes? How can we develop circular economy principles? Those sorts of things. Mm, Amazing. You've already mentioned a little bit about what you as the resource hub specifically do. What have been some of the impacts that you've generated? Because I know that you are recently one of the Coralus Ventures yeah which is amazing congratulations it's been a really big year right yeah (laughs) we're a Coralus venture and we are small business leader winner of the year for the women's agenda awards and we're actually up for a few awards in the waste sector as well look it's great I think what we do helps other people to be innovative we're seeing some really incredible things happening in the space of e-waste recycling at a bigger scale than maybe just separating down and separating components to then recycle. There's some great plastics recycling facilities and solar recycling facilities and all these new sectors coming up around challenging waste. But the really interesting job that we've just done for someone was a regional local government who said, hey, we've, we've got all this agricultural plastic. It was chicken crates, you know, the big plastic crates that you move chickens in between farms. What do we do with it? So we've helped them with 12 surrounding councils pull together an application for, I think, a $6 million grant to put in place a regional recycling solution for hard, difficult-to-handle agricultural plastic. But it's doing things like thinking smartly and partnering with a national rail partner who is behind the facility and partnering with a recycler in metropolitan Sydney who said, actually, we can use all that plastic if you can get it to us. And then they've also partnered with a company that's going to take all the plastic back to that region in central New South Wales and put it into infrastructure in those same 13 councils. So it's Fabulous. a solution yeah. for real challenges. So that's some of the really cool stuff that we're seeing and we're getting help with. That's really exciting. And the other thing I was really curious about is what are some of the key possibilities that you're seeing, maybe things that haven't happened yet but you feel we're on the precipice of, as well as what are some of your key learnings as a leader in this space? There are some really interesting things that are happening with the difficult waste. You know, we all as a community, we think about the waste that we see at home a lot, but The targets that we have as a nation are focused on tonnes, so they're focused on how much stuff weighs, and that usually comes down to really heavy things like bricks and concretes. 
which we traditionally have parts for. So now we're seeing real focus on specific challenging wastes like tyres. Um, one of the local award winners in Australia at the Waste Awards recently, or the Waste Innovation Awards, was a company who turns tyres into a biofuel. They have very limited residual, and then that fuel can create energy for other projects. We're seeing people doing small-scale remanufacture from products that otherwise would end up in landfill. So they're diverting to create new things. But I think the thing that limits that from happening as well is we're a really separated country. Our population is widely spread. We're not particularly high density even where we are in our capital cities. And because of that, we don't necessarily have the investment that other countries can have in that recycling space. So we, we often end up doing things and I think there's perception that we're behind maybe Europe or we're behind the States. But, look, I think there's some really great stuff happening. It's just really important that we as a country make sure that we don't reinvent the wheel, learn from what other people have done, and then go forth and deliver some really great resource recovery outcomes. And the other thing that's really exciting that I saw recently was actually something fairly basic. Small regional councils rolling out yellow bin systems. You know your recycling bin that you have at home? Not everybody has one. So there are so many areas across Australia where we maybe have one rubbish bin. So you just don't separate. And actually today is, I don't know when this will go out, but today is the 1st of November. And as of today in Queensland, you can now recycle your wine bottles in the container refund scheme. You now get 10 cents back. So we're actually expanding the program for those small scale recyclables. And Victoria today introduced their own container recycling program so that you get 10 cents back for cans and bottles and those sorts of things so one november is actually a big deal in 2023 in the recycling space there you go it's auspicious that we're connecting (laughs) totally it was meant to be yeah i love that what are some other inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating positive change and up to great stuff look i think The really interesting thing about being a venture for Coralist this year was seeing opportunities outside my sector. I have a business that's very focused on what we do. So it was really cool to see some of the initiatives that are happening around that I don't necessarily get to see a lot. I came across Stymie, which is a school-based program for supporting youth in reporting challenging issues within schools. And also the other areas of that program is actually supporting a whole of community. The, the team at Stymie and Rachel blew my mind. And as a woman of a certain age who doesn't have kids, it's actually not something I've really given a huge amount of thought to. But not only did it, it made me think about the challenges that my friends and my nieces and nephews have, but it really just made me think about broader challenges of communication in general. We as a community, we don't communicate about scary, icky stuff. We just don't talk about it. That was really fascinating. The other thing I was really happy to see recently was a little bit back in my sector. There's a whole piece at the moment happening around writing standards for how to compost textiles and how to actually recycle textiles. There's a woman who's really heavily in the sector, Muriel Chamberlain, who's just been awarded some funding so that she can go and do hip research. And I can see Australia is going to be really diving into this space where we're talking about putting compost or composted textiles into what might traditionally be food organics or garden organics. And what I liked about that was sometimes when people speak about recycling, there can be a real disconnect between traditional and the new sector. 
new sector wants to passionately solve problems. Traditional sector wants to make sure they meet regulatory and compliance needs, and sometimes the two don't meet. Mm. I love the questions that she was bringing to the table of traditional sector as well as this new resource recovery circular economy approach were really how is this going to affect farmers? What are the blockers going to be? Why do people buy the end product? Like they were really down to basics questions. And that's so very important when you're talking about innovation. Why do we do it? What's the benefit? Who's it going to benefit? What's the risk if we don't do it? Yeah. I think between Stymie and Muriel, I just think there's going to be some really cool things happening with women-led businesses and as a female-led business with I think we've got like an 84% workforce. Until three months ago, we were all female. Um, big fan of supporting female-led businesses as well. Absolutely. And Mariel's been through our programs and we love oh, her. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we love oh, her. Yeah, she's brilliant. To finish off, what are some books or resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? Depending on what you're after as far as whether you're a startup scale of male, female. I think there are all sorts of different things you can read. I recently downloaded a book that I can't put down. And it's called How to Build a Business Others Want to Buy by Kobe Simmett. I'm a firm believer in the importance of knowing why you started the business. I didn't start a business to build myself a job. I started the business to solve a problem, keep myself entertained. But also then I realised I wanted to give others jobs. So having that end goal is really important. And seriously, can't put the book down. The other one that I love, which conveniently is behind me, I really didn't plan this. It just works that way. Yay. The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck and Excuse the Language. I work in the waste industry, which means I say fuck a lot. I'm impressed this is the only two times I've said it today. It's by Sarah Knight. She has a whole suite of these books and they're just, they're real. They talk about her experience of wasting time doing stuff that has no meaning or value to her in whatever the pursuit might be. And I sort of like that. It's Authenticity 101. Mm, Awesome. Love that. Fabulous. Lacey, thanks so much for joining us today and thank you for all the work that you're doing in creating really powerful systemic change very much thank you so much for inviting me along thanks for listening to impact boom you'll find links to the initiatives people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org please leave your comments below and remember we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website facebook page and twitter